1: What's going on? It's Wednesday night and you know what that means. It's time for the DFS Pick 6 on Roto-Grinders. Of course, it's Roto-World's DFS Pick 6, presented by Roto-Grinders. And of course, I'm Eric Crane and I'm joined by other the guys I'm joined with every single week during the NFL season. We got Rich Reedbar, Lord Reeves. Reeves, how we doing, buddy? Doing real
2: good. You know, week two kind of picked up right where week one left off. And through two weeks, you know, we've got the most passing touchdowns ever thrown through two weeks in the NFL. Quarterbacks have their highest rating, highest completion percentage ever through two weeks. I mean, you look at last week and you think about a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick doubling down, throwing 400 yards and four touchdowns again, and was barely in the top five scoring quarterbacks, you know, for fantasy football. It's just just big time numbers being put up. So hopefully the bonanza uh, keeps continuing here.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you talk about big-time quarterbacks putting up big-time numbers. I mean, Evan, last week we saw a game that we talked about a lot on the show between Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Ben went off, Patrick Mahomes went off for a billion touchdowns. I mean, Evan, it just seems it's the air raid in the NFL right now.
3: Absolutely, and that was an, an awesome game. I mean, this you know the Chiefs obviously jumped out to the huge lead, but you know if you're looking for scoring points, which most people are. You know, especially because this sport is so dominated by people with fantasy interest. Um, that was an awesome game. Juju Smith Schuster is incredible. Antonio Brown has been banged up, kind of hobbled. He's really been banged up since last December because you remember that he missed the final few games with a partially torn quad. He came back in the playoffs, he had that unbelievable game against the Jaguars. Um, you know when they were kind of like in in, in comeback mode, and if you weren 't playing him in DFS that week lost um, I remember because i didn 't play him that week uh, and then throughout training camp, he had like a quad injury and now in in week two, he was out there you know running around with a hobbled calf. Um, so, I, and I mean, he's going to play this week and, you know, Ben is probably going to feed him like 16 targets just to make him happy because that's what makes A.B. happy. And, you know, that team needs to get their act together real fast because they're 0-1-1. Um, but that, that the injury situation is definitely something to monitor.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, and I'll tell you – go ahead, Bridge.
2: i say, you know, imagine the bar that a player is set to where he has 17 targets and nine catches and it's just an outright disappointment.
1: Yeah, it's it's not bad over there for Mr. Antonio Brown and the fantasy owners out there. And I'll tell you what, I've already done it in all my leagues. So if you with Antonio Brown being a little bit hobbled, I'm sure he's going to be fine. Go stash James Washington. Do yourself a favor. So I'll tell you what, guys, this is how the show works. We got, we got three games, three topics. Unlike Fonte Davis, we're not going to quit midway through the show. We're going to make it through this whole thing. And we're going to have a good time. So let's go ahead and hop into our first game, San Francisco at Kansas City. 56.5-point total, uh, one of the biggest totals I can ever remember. we got Kansas City, 6.5-point favorites. Evan, we don't see many NFL teams out there have implied totals of over 31 points. That's what we've got here with the Chiefs this week. I mean, I just don't see a way we can fade Kansas City and DFS this week.
3: No, I think that Patrick Mahomes this week is going to be one of the highest-owned quarterbacks in DFS history. I mean, everyone's going to want to play him. You know, we've seen what he's capable of. We haven't even seen him rush for a TD so far. He left throws on the field last week. He had Sammy Watkins wide open deep down the left sideline for, you know, what would have been like a 60-yard bomb, just overthrew him. He had uh, Travis Kelsey on a a wheel route that would have gone for a 27-yard touchdown. Um, So they're still meat on the bone for this offense. We haven't seen them play from behind. You know, they've been ahead. I think they've been either tied or ahead. Uh, for every snap that they've played, what, what was it, uh, 86% leading, Reeves? I think that uh, you had that stat. Um, and we haven't even seen Patrick Mahomes play at home. And the Chiefs have one of the biggest home field advantages in the NFL. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's still upside here. I mean, he's not going to throw – you know, he's not going to average five touchdowns per game as he, have, as he has in the first two weeks. Um, but, you know, there, there are still opportunities uh, for, uh, you know, another monster week. And, you know, th- this 49ers defense, really not great at rushing the pastor, benched uh, their right cornerback last week, uh, Akela Witherspoon, uh, late in the game. Kyle Shanahan wouldn't commit to him playing. Uh, so I think that Patrick Mahomes, like, everyone's going to play him in cash.
1: Oh, yeah, you, I think you have to get some exposure to him, if not through him, through his pass catchers. And there are just so many different ways we can go. You mentioned a Keller Witherspoon, Evan. I mean, the fact that there is somebody who before the season was worse than him in practice, think how bad that guy's got to be. So, like, you're going to see Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins. I'm going to have high exposure to both those guys. So, Reeves, how are you attacking this Chiefs side? Because, again, San Francisco, they get those big cornerbacks, not the fastest guys, and they're facing off against a Chiefs defense that has Sammy – or Chiefs offense that has Sammy Watkins and Tyree Kilt. Reeves, I'm, how are you attacking this San Francisco team? I mean,
2: you just got to get exposure all over the place. I mean, you, you talk about – the thing about Mahomes is interesting from the first two weeks is that people look at the six-touchdown game, but the first game was way more fluky than the second game. And, you know, you look at the way he scored touchdowns. Sure, that was hyper-efficiency, but they were sustaining drives. I mean, I think they had six drives over 60 yards in that game. The first week he had two one-yard touchdowns, threw two touchdowns over 36 yards, only completed 15 passes. The thing that was impressed about last week when we talked about it on the show is that he had yet to show any rapport with any other pass catcher outside of Tyree Kill. And last week Watkins goes six for a hundred, you know, Kelsey has seven for one Oh six and two touchdowns. He goes a touchdown to Conley. I mean, everyone out here is get, is getting involved in the passing game, sand cream hunt. Uh, but you know, that, that was the impressive thing. I, we, I wanted to see that game from Mahomes where it was, if Tyree kill isn't just going to go bananas, what does he do? Because the first game I said was a little more fluky, but last week was, what you see, that's what what's what you wanna see. And and like Evan said, he left it probably two touchdowns on the field in that game. It's gonna be interesting. He got priced all the way up to, to qb one, I think, on both sites, uh, immediately. So it's gonna be interesting because it's a tougher week, you know, but we might have some running back injuries that might open some things up here, you know, as yeah. the week progresses. Uh, yeah, but I think, yeah, I mean, Watkins yeah. is really the only cheap piece though. Like you've got to pay for everyone except for Watkins. I mean you gotta pay a little bit for him, but you're you're gonna have to pay up for for all these guys not for kareem hunt that is true i mean kareem hunt too so this is a team that has 10 passing touchdowns and no rushing touchdowns by scoring 38 and 42 points if you're going to continue to score at that kind of a clip rushing touchdowns are going to find their way into the fold just naturally uh you know this isn't a team that's going to you know go and have you know 80 80 passing touchdowns and no rushing touchdowns the whole season kareem hunt's going to start finding the paint here and he's still getting his the bulk of the running back touches it's just the the mad bomber that is you know Patrick Mahomes you know is not checking down you know so and we've seen what a guy like Alex Smith switching teams has done for a guy like Chris Thompson so you know a
1: little little missed over there yeah so I mean a guy like Kareem Hunt this week you know I know we talk about one need exposure yep. from these passing offenses and both the, look both these teams they're pass happy they pay it they play at a fast pace so where does that leave us with Kareem Hunt evidence he's somebody that you're interested in because I think you have to be interested
3: yeah, we talked last week about Travis Kelsey being the tournament play uh, in this offense, and I think that Kareem Hunt would be the tournament play in this offense this week. You know, he's a significant home favorite. Uh, the 49ers have been good in run defense. They're getting back Reuben Foster, difference maker from suspension this week. Um, but, you know, Kareem Hunt is a guy that still has a lot of, you know, touchdown potential uh, and they, you know, theoretically should kind of control this game. They they might even try to play ball control. That's something that, you know, Andy Reid has definitely done over the years. He, he has a di- much different style quarterback now, you know, so he's definitely going to be more aggressive. Um, but, you know, I, I think that uh, Kareem Hunt makes a lot of sense as a, a, a tournament play. It's just, you know, he has one target through two games, and – You know, like we we need our our running backs to be getting more usage in the passing game. We also talked last week about how aggressive Patrick Mahomes is and how that could uh, impact Kareem Hunt's receiving potential. Um, But we also know that Kareem Hunt can catch passes, you know, that he's capable of he's very capable of of big games, having these, you know, volatile uh, spiked weeks. Uh, So I think that he makes for an excellent tournament play against San Francisco.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love it. You know, Tyree Kill, he had his turn. Travis Kelsey had his turn. I feel like this week it really might be the uh, Kareem Hunt's turn. And on the other side, of course, Evan, we've got Marquise Goodwin. He's likely to to come back, which means Austin Pettis week uh, was short-lived. So, George Kittle, though, are we going right back to the well with George Kittle? I'm going to go out on a limb and say Evan is definitely going back to Mr. Kittle.
3: Yeah, last week was weird because they started off the game and – you know, the announcers were even talking about it. Uh, they were targeting George Kittle heavily, and then they kind of just settled into kind of like a run first offense uh, against Detroit, and they really controlled the game until the, the final quarter, um, but, you know, it was like the Matt Breida show, and, you know, Alfred Morris also got a bunch of touches, but um, despite being targeted heavily early in the game, George Kittle finished with four targets for the entire game. Um the, I think that the 49ers are going to have to score points you know, to keep up with the Chiefs. Like The the, the Chiefs are, are a classic shootout team. We talked about it before the season. It's gone exactly as we anticipated. I mean, we didn't anticipate Patrick Mahomes opening the season with 10 touchdowns in two games. But we anticipated you know, this team being uh, this sort of, of, of offense and defense. And uh, the, the 49ers are going to have to come out and be aggressive. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, has got he's going to have to get the ball out this week Uh, it does look like Eric Berry is going to be back for the Chiefs um, and he has been very good against tight ends over the years Uh, but he's also a guy that you know hasn't practiced didn't really practice at all in training camp he's been dealing with this heel injury coming off a torn Achilles very possible that he's a beatable guy in his first game back Uh, George Kittle still top five among uh, NFL tight ends in air yards second in red zone targets behind only travis kelsey so uh yeah i definitely think that he is a great bounce back candidate and people probably aren't going to play him because he was high owned last week and he didn't really do
1: a whole lot man i don't know how people don't play him because he's he's going to be my highest owned tight end once again this week i'm almost sure of it you know if it burns me twice well then it burns me twice so Reeves, what about you because when we look at the san francisco side the targets, I feel like, are going to be relatively narrow. I think Marquis Goodwin is going to get a ton of targets. We saw in the preseason Jimmy Garoppolo really target Goodwin a lot. And then we also saw George Kittle, like Evan just said, ton of air yards, a lot of red zone targets. So to me, those are the two guys in San Francisco to target. Rich, who are you targeting?
2: Yeah, I think so. And so far, we kind of talked about this on both shows. I mean, Anthony Hitchens is basically the equivalent of like a, a, a grocery bag floating through the parking lot and pass <laughs> coverage right now. He's allowed 17 of 18 targets in his coverage to be completed already this season for 162 yards. That is an unreal
1: statistic. I mean. All right. right, I got to ask you, Evan, you know, you know, I'm a small dude, right? Like, well, height wise. Do you think that I could prevent more than one of 18 passes if I was in coverage? (laughs) (laughs) i What if, like – okay, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, wouldn't a wide receiver you, – You'd you, you need the receiver to, to drop a couple. I mean, yeah, I mean, okay, like, you, if I was guarding Eric Tomlinson. If, then if I'd you were
2: guarding Eric. Kobe Fleener, it could happen.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kobe, man, we still got to get him on this show. <laughs> 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 he's, he's, it, sorry, I, I to thought about Eric Tomlinson. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, I, I'm I'm, da- I'm good for doubling down on kill. He played 50 snaps last week. He drew, like, a defensive holding, like, near the end zone. Uh, he had another, like, kind of half-tween drop that you might count him for. And then Selleck, of course, got the touchdown, of course. But, I mean, I think you go back to him. You know, the Chiefs are really interesting because if you look at the Chiefs and their home field advantage they've had at Arrowhead, you know, especially looking just when they had Alex Smith, you know, the past five seasons, or since 2013 they were their first in points allowed at home but it's tough to just to roll that over into now for one considering all, all, the personnel changes we talked about Anthony Hitchens talked about them having the three slot corners Eric Berry coming off of you know the the heel and the Achilles the, the personnel is just significantly worse than it's ever been on the defensive roster the second thing is the quarterback change and what offensively the Chiefs were doing over that span I mean they were first in point slot at home but they were just 17th in offensive points scored over that span at home, so they were just an, a slightly below average offense, not scoring points. We've got a team that scored 38 and 42 points. If they're hanging up 35s and 40s every week at home, that that's going to rise. That scoring just naturally going to rise. They're going to give up points. So I mean, I I look for that to you know to bounce back. I'm not as scared. The problem here is is the brand name. You know, you look at who has just roasted the Chiefs so far. The Chargers have one of the best receiving cores in the league, one of the biggest, you know, size size advantage wide receiver cores in the league. The Steelers, obviously, you know, the Antonio Brown and Juju, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna torch good secondaries, let alone bad ones that are when they're chasing script. You know, the 49ers are kind of like a, a sum of all parts offense. You know, outside, of, it's, it's basically, gonna, it's a little bit of Kittle, it's a little bit of Godwin, some Garcon, you have guys like Selick score touchdowns, you got Jusic maybe have like 40 yards in a game receiving. So it's tough to latch on to all the individual pieces here, because like I said, it's more of a sum of all parts offense, that's going to spread the ball around a little bit. I think outside of Kittle and Goodwin, it's really tough uh, you know, to really latch on to anyone here. Garoppolo got priced way up on DraftKings. He's kind of really tough to play. He's still really cheap on FanDuel if you want to go back to the well there. He started off the game well, and he he was kind of shaky, didn't play his greatest. But they only threw four passes in the fourth quarter of that game last week. Uh, He only threw 12 passes in the second half altogether. Like Evan said, they kind of just leaned on the run, controlled the game. That's not going to happen here this week, you know, on the road against the Chiefs. I think he'll throw, you know, the Chiefs have faced the most pass attempts um, through two weeks. They tied the 2013 Broncos. To face the most pass, attempt, pass attempts in the NFL, Garoppolo probably will push 50 in this game. I, I think it's a good chance. Now, volume does not always correlate to scoring, you know, for for fantasy points for quarterbacks. But there's probably a good chance, given Garoppolo how he's been the first two weeks, almost eight yards an attempt, that you're going to get some production if you get that many points, or right, that many pass attempts.
1: Yeah, so I mean, again, like I think it is good one, and it's Kittle, the two guys I'm targeting for sure. Evan, who are kind of some of the secondary on pieces on San Francisco that you're interested in?
3: Not a whole lot else. I mean, we can talk about the RBs. You know, Matt Breida was NFL rushing leader. Matt Breida was ripping off monster runs last week against the Lions. The Lions are atrocious in run defense. I mean, we saw what Isaiah Crowell did to them in week one as well. Um, but Alfred Morris played more than Matt Breida and uh, had more touches in the game than Matt Breida and they're using Kyle use as a third down back. So, you know, Matt Breida and Alfred Morris, like they're not catching passes. And if the, if the 49ers are chasing in this game, which they project to be, you know, that could be an issue for both of those guys. We actually may end up seeing a lot of uh, Kyle use So um, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, shy away from the RBs here. Uh, for the 49ers despite Matt Breida's hot start
1: Well, you know I mean I think you can shy away from these running backs anyways, because we don't need them this week there are other running backs that we like there's going to be some other values out there I don't think these guys are necessary any interest in Dante uh, Pettis even with Marquise Goodwin coming back either of you uh oh, we get the, the the two the two no waves the two head shakes you guys break my heart well Let's go to another game, and it's uh, there's a player in this game that broke my heart last week. It's the Saints at the Falcons, total of 53. Atlanta, their three-point favorite. Julio Jones, he's doing his, oh, well, I'm hurt. I can't practice. I'm probably going to play thing again. Um, let's talk about the Atlanta side first, Reeves, because, you know, they're a home favorite against the Saints, and we know the Saints, they're passing a ton. They're going to be putting up points. Can we go back to the well with Julio this week, or did he just screw me too much last week and I can't do it?
2: No, I mean, it's, it's Julio Jones. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, he, he has now extended his streak now. I believe he's gone 37 straight uh, receptions without a touchdown, you know, in the regular season dating back last year. Oh, it's 45 consecutive This is the
1: week. Right.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, he put it on Marshawn Lattimore twice last year. You know, Marshawn Lattimore was playing a lot better last year than he has the start of this season. I mean, he he got him for five for ninety eight and seven for one forty nine in two games. It's Julio Jones, man. I'm not going to ever tell tell anyone they can't play Julio Jones. Uh, I look on DK. I like Matt Ryan a lot. He's QB 18 on on DK. He's like fifty eight hundred. Pretty, pretty cheap. Uh, for the potential here you know I, I really like where he's priced at he had a really good game last week Bounce back at, at home you ain't gonna get the two rushing touchdowns um but you know a good, good spot for him you know against the saints i mean before last year he was the guy that gave the saints a lot of problems had a lot of big games against them the saints really haven't gotten completely right even though they got a little bit better last week um because tyrod taylor is still really bad at playing a quarterback but you know uh yeah i like i like that um Tevin Coleman is one of the best value still on the board this week. Uh, he had 20 touches last week for 125 yards against the way better uh, Carolina front. He now averages 20.3 touches per game when Devontae Freeman hasn't played. Uh, you know, pretty good volume and upside play for the cost he is. I think he's 73 on FanDuel. Uh, kind of alluded to me what he is on DK, but he's priced like right outside the RB1 range. Yeah, he's he's, he's
1: 6,400 on uh, DK
2: pretty reasonable squeeze there and then if you're looking for like a real dart play i know it's chasing a touchdown you know i don't want to really elevate him he's not obviously not a cash game play i mean calvin ridley 3700 on dk uh ken crawley's been re he's really struggled to start the year ken crawley's one of those guys we talked about he's uh one of those 10 of 14 targets to be completed in his coverage for 208 yards giving up three touchdowns in his coverage to start the year uh you know it's it's a dart throw I'm not suggesting that Calvin is like some kind of smash but I mean if you're get, trying to get pieces of this game or cheap pieces of upside plays I mean he's one of
1: those lower barrel uh you know targets there Reeves you know the wide receiver you missed on though right Evan knows Evan knows what I'm talking about on the Falcons
3: <laughs> Muhammad soon has never done anything against the Saints in four career meetings as a Falcon. Um, OK, so we don't we don't care, though, because he's a, maybe so he's due. Maybe he's yeah, he's due. due. Maybe that's maybe. how this works. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was just looking at the Falcons targets overall today and Julio has 28. Number two on the team is Austin Hooper with nine. Um, so all those guys are like, you know, all the complimentary guys are like canceling each other out right now. And, um, it's nice that they got the other guys involved is especially in the red zone because, you know, the Sarkeesian and the Falcons, they have to give people, um, you know, defenses like something else to worry about. Cause, um, you know, you, you don't really ideally, and you could go back to it. Kyle Shanahan was very good about this. You know, they, they'd have weeks where they'd, they'd go with, you know, Taylor Gabriel, other guys would step up, you know, Muhammad Sanu, um, and, you know, they, they really haven't had that too much uh, with uh, Steve Sarkeesian, So hopefully that can theoretically like open some, some things up for Julio Jones. Um, on the other side, you know, we talked last week about how uh, the Falcons losing Dion Jones would be a massive uh, loss because, because of their scheme, because their scheme concedes running back catches. And immediately we saw that benefit Christian McCaffrey. What do you have like 14 catches on 15 targets or 13 on 14 targets? I mean, something ridiculous. And now they are facing, now the Falcons are facing Alvin Kamara uh, who can definitely do similar damage. Um, you know, he, Alvin Kamara has 18 targets through two games. Um, and, you know, he he can benefit from that loss just as Christian McCaffrey did last week.
1: Any interest in Mr. Ito Smith as a as a dart throw when Kevin Coleman's coming up. Come on, Evan.
3: I mean, not really, you know. I, I think that, you know, you would project he's him min, for like eight min, eight to eleven touches. Oh, is he Min Price?
1: Yeah, he's he's bare minimum. He's three K over in DK.
3: Yeah. Um I, I like him all right. <laughs> I drafted him like in Dynasty. Uh, but nice. I, I I I thought he stunk. he looked like terrible in the preseason, but he looked pretty good last week. Uh, so that's that's nice. But I, I think that his touch projection is like eight to 11. And so not really appealing to me.
1: I don't hate it. I, I think you can play. I can play. You play. Hey, the three K if he gets 10 touches, if he breaks one, I'm golden. Rich, what about the Saints side for you? Who are you targeting over there?
2: I mean, this is, this is, this is a two horse offense. I mean, Evan already touched on Kamara's in a smash spot based on, I mean, Atlanta with Deion Jones is giving up, just, that's just their defensive scheme, they're willing to get catches to the running back, and last week game script was involved, but I mean, only, only two guys here are really doing damage here for the Saints, and we, we talked about it last week, so we now have a, almost a full season's worth of sample, we've got seven game sample now where the Saints haven't been able to run the football. Going back last year, Alvin Kamara, his last seven games played has rushed for three and a half yards per carry. He hasn't rushed for over 46 yards in any of those games, but over that span, he's averaging, you know, 5.6 catches and 61 receiving yards per game. It's going to be another game where he gets just a ton of receiving work. Um, we've already started to see the recoil in the, the passing rush t- rushing touchdown splits for the Saints as well. Um, so, I mean, you, and then Michael Thomas has just been destroying to start the year. Um, you know, rational coaching took over in week one. They were, he was a guy who last year let all receivers and yards per outrun from the slot. So they opened the season. He runs 52% of his routes in the slot. Now last week he only ran 8% of his routes in the slot, but he still smashed just destroying. Tar- he's got 30 targets and he's caught 28 of them to start the year. Uh, He's at the most receptions through two weeks in NFL history. Uh, The last player to have 12 or more catches with a touchdown in back-to-back games was Drew Bennett with Billy Bullock in 2004. Michael Thomas is there. He also is a guy who has just smashed the Falcons in four games against them. He's caught 31 of 44 targets for 410 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, He's the highest-priced receiver on on both sites this week. Uh, Pretty good reason because uh, those are pretty good numbers.
1: Yeah, I think one of the interesting builds you can do to be a little bit different, play Drew Brees and pair him with Alvin Kamara. You know, not a lot of people, they still don't like to do that quarterback-running back correlation, and I think it's fine. You know, these two games, seven like, I just want to touch on this real quick. I think you need pieces of both of these offenses or on all four of these offenses on every team you build. Like, it's really tough to imagine a world, and I know we said this a couple weeks ago in the Saints when they got trounced by Tampa Bay, but it's really tough to imagine a world where at least one guy on all of these offenses doesn't go off. You you feel me, Evan? Are you with me?
3: Yeah, I do. And I also wanted to mention a little bit of a disappointment because I really liked Ben Watson last week. And Breeze had him wide open for a touchdown and overthrew him. And so...
2: Breeze had another one to Ginn, too, because I had that game. Uh, he, he underthrew Ginn terribly for like a 60-yarder.
1: Yeah, I, I mean... Evan, who's your favorite quarterback amongst these four? Because Matt Ryan, he's so cheap at 5.7K on DK. you got Drew Brees up there, 6.4K. He's sitting there, and he's cheaper than uh, both these guys in the San Francisco game, Patrick Mahomes all the way up to 7K over on DK, Jimmy Garoppolo, 6.5K. It's really difficult for me to choose between these four quarterbacks. Yeah, I'd rank them. Mahomes, one.
3: Uh, Just, you know, in terms of raw points, Mahomes, (laughs) one. Uh, I think Brees, two.
1: Ryan, three. And Garoppolo, four. Oh, poor Jimmy GQ. Rich, he's he's bagging on your boy over there, man. I've got I've got no issues with that with those
2: ah. rights. It's gonna be really interesting to see how it plays out, though. Uh, paying up for quarterbacks, you know, obviously Mahomes was so cheap the first two weeks because we've talked about. I mean, the QB points have been it's they've been crazy, man. I feel like it. Are you getting an edge even if your quarterback scores thirty points?
1: I think we're gonna see a lot of uh, chalk on Matt Ryan this week, just because you're saving so much on him at five point seven K. You're saving. God, you're saving thirteen hundred off of Mahomes. You're saving seven hundred off of Breeze. I bet Matt Ryan has higher ownership this week than we than we expect moving forward. So, yep, I'm definitely interested in all those quarterbacks. Ryan, I think, is going to end up being the chalk. Which, but uh, well, we'll see how that goes. All right, we got one other game we're going to touch on real quick. Not on the main slate, but it's a big game: New England at Detroit. Total of fifty-two. New England, they're six and a half point favorites on Sunday night, and. Rich, it's tough for me to imagine a bigger smash spot for Rob Gronkowski than this game.
2: Yeah, I mean this I want to have so much Gronk. You know, I've started messing with Thursday through Monday builds and I wanted just jam Gronk in on every roster. So Gronk is every anytime he's ever been a tight end 2 for fantasy, he's just come back and smashed. The last time he was a tight end 2 in back-to-back weeks was in 2011. At any time, anytime he's had a two uh, a tight end two week over that span, he's come back and he's averaged six catches for 88 yards and .8 touchdowns per game, almost a full touchdown, 18.8 PPR points per game those weeks. The Lions their their linebackers are still going to be a target for us weekly. This is a, uh, you know, off the loss on the road. It's I mean the Patriots are going to they're going to be they're going to put up some points in this game. I mean, I, I want to fit Gronk in everywhere I can. I'm really curious to see, you know, when we get Evans. I want Evans to take two on this backfield because we talked about the 49ers And what they did last week against the Lions. We saw what the Jets did on Monday night against the Lions in the ground game. They're allowing 6.9 yards per carry to running backs, 220 yards from scrimmage per game. But we've got the Patriots here in a gaggle of what are we going to do? You know, they haven't been able to run the ball. They haven't even tried to run the ball the first two weeks. The game plan has consistently revolved around not running the football and using James White. And James White is a 23% target market share um, already. So I mean, we've got Sony at 4K on DK, Burks at 4,200 on DK. They've yet to have a rushing attempt inside the five yard line. This is a team that's been top seven in the NFL the past eight years in rushing attempts. They had 19 touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. a year ago, 16 year before. It's they're going to start the flow. And if this is a week, I mean, wh- which of these guys are we playing? Are we pl- are, are we getting involved? Can you play them both together? Or where are we dabbling here? Evan, I got to know.
1: Let's hear it, Evan. Where are you going? Cause I, mean, I, I
3: <laughs> it's really difficult. It's it's really really d- difficult, and I, I think that you know one of these guys is going to have a good game, but it's hard to pinpoint. Uh, Sony Michelle, I thought he looked all right last week. Uh, he had eleven touches on like thirteen snaps. So when he was in, they were getting him the ball, um, but. You know, I still think that they're probably not going to, you know, boost him up to, like, 16 or 17 touches. Rex Burkhead just vanished for, like, two quarters last game. Um, comes back a little bit at the end. He, you know, he was the goal line back last year. He has zero red zone carries. He does have two... Um, Red zone targets, but he has not touched the ball inside the 10 yard line yet. That's, I think, just, you know, variance in a two game sample. Um, I I think that he is still likely to be the goal linebacker. He had six touches last week. He played 23% of the snaps. You know, that's it's hard to it's hard to bank on a guy like that. And as uh, Reeves mentioned, you know, James White is up near 60 percent of the snaps, leads the team in targets. Um, But when you look at the weakness of the Lions defense and, you know, if the Patriots are going to try to attack that specifically, um, well, you know, I, I should I should correct that because the entire Lions defense. Is- okay. <laughs> the, so, the weakness of the
1: Lions defense is defense. Yeah.
3: So so the Patriots really can just do whatever they want. And Darius Slay may not play their their best uh, cornerback. He's got a concussion. Last week, they uh, benched Nevin Lawson, their number two cornerback for Tease Tabor. And then Tease Tabor was so bad that they benched him and brought back in Nevin Lawson. So um, they have some serious friggin' issues. I went back and looked at Tom Brady's last uh, six games when he played inside a dome, just crushes it every time. You know, um, I think that this game has a lot of high scoring, major, major high scoring potential. One thing I like about the Lions receivers is that they are not really dealing with target competition at all, certainly from tight ends. And, you know, they're just playing 11 personnel the entire game. Uh, Golden Tate is third in the NFL in targets right now. Friggin Kenny Galladay is number four in air yards and he's looking like awesome. Uh, and Marvin Jones leads the NFL in end zone targets. So all three of those guys are squarely in play, have really good, you know, indicators from an opportunity standpoint. And this game really should shoot out. It, it'll be interesting. You know, I, my, my sense is that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are going to get the better, of Matt Patricia, uh, their their old defensive coordinator, in this game, uh, but I think that both sides can can score points. I uh,
1: I don't think they're going to get the better <laughs> the better side of Matt no. Patricia. I know they are. I mean, just it's going to be a disaster for the Lions. I think. And again, you know, I'll tell you what, home underdog quarterbacks, especially in a dome or somebody something that we do look toward because we know they're going to be airing it out in a comfortable setting. And Matt Stafford at five point nine k. If you're playing that. Sunday night's slate is a phenomenal play especially you know on DK or Fanduel where you don't have you can play two quarterbacks you're because obviously we want Brady no kidding but Stafford's actually a really good salary saver in that situation and I'll tell you what Reeves how much are you how how risky are you feeling in this game
2: how how risky I mean yeah, what are, you, are, you, are, are we are talking you, just the prime time slate or just, just overall
1: just not just the prime time slate one game because I, I actually think this guy's going to end up being popular are we rolling the dice with Josh Gordon?
2: On uh, Josh Gordon, he's probably not gonna play.
1: He's gonna play whatever.
2: I mean, he's probably not gonna play. Listen, <laughs> or you could play or you could play the guy that has seven targets in each of the first two games in Philip Dorsett. I mean
1: I mean he's about to lose his job, so good for Philip Dorsett. You might as well you might as well get him while you can. It's gonna be the last chance you have to play. But Evan
2: touched on Galladay. I feel like if you're playing Thursday through Monday, especially on FanDuel, Galladay is the wide receiver fifty three on FanDuel. His price hasn't moved. He's got 12 targets and nine targets. If you want to do team jam him in on Gronk or if you want to get A.B. in on a bounce back, uh, get a get a little piece of that, uh, you're going to need to go cheap. And, and Kenny G., the Saks man, is one of those guys, man. To 5,800 on FanDuel, it's ludicrous what he's done. He's, he, he, he's had, he had a touchdown last week, nine targets, had over 100 yards the first game. Um, and also in that game, Hogan is the wide receiver 40 on FanDuel, you know, a touchdown-driven site. Uh, 6,200 he's another guy you can fit in in a lot of places haven't touched upon slay possibly not being able to play Uh, he's he's just in a great spot as well Uh, you know the the targets really haven't been there for Hogan we know the touchdown upside is always there Um, but yeah I mean I don't know man I gotta get some definitive word on Gordon I my take right now is like they asked Belichick today and he acted like the trade wasn't even through yet
1: yeah, of course he did. Belichick <laughs> on a Belichick man. Like, I mean, I mean this is definitely going to be the prime time slate where like Cordero Patterson breaks it or something. Like, it's just going to be something stupid. The right, Cordero that...
2: Patterson New England
1: defense stack. God, here we go. Uh, these single game slates, by the way, they're dri- I've already quit them. They're driving me nuts. I hate them. And, <laughs> and I'll, I mean, I'll gamble on anything. I once lost a hundred bucks on what time Best Buy Like, I'm not a big season, fan of the captain. The captain game, man. No, I'm, I'm not, not either. Like, I just think it's. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's two hundred thousand for first, and everybody gets three hundred bucks. I won it last. <laughs> week. I, like I won it once, and it was I lost money. Like it just makes. Sense. <laughs> I'm concrete. You, you, you lose money. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just a miss. I don't know. Find something. Find go back to the two game slates. Can we please do that? Can we please go back to the two game slates? The. The Sunday night, Monday night slates, those were so much more fun. You didn't have a 5 billion weight tie at the top. All right, let's talk about some other quarterbacks that we like this week because we talked about these top games, and Evan, it's really difficult to get away from those four quarterbacks on the main slate in those top two games. Of course, there are a few guys that we're going to like outside of it, but I think I'm just sticking to those guys even though there are some other names that we're going to be interested in. So who are some of those names for you outside of those, those top two games?
3: Yeah, I mean, those are the the four dudes that I've really been looking at. I'm trying to to scroll through here for some ideas. I mean, Deshaun Watson, um, you know, facing off with the Giants, this is a really, really good matchup for the Texans, uh, really on both sides of the ball. Um, Eli Apple, the Giants' number two cornerback, he doesn't look like he's going to play. Uh, due to a groin injury that means we're going to get probably a lot of Jenoris Jenkins on DeAndre Hopkins and now De- Janoris Jenkins has not been very good uh, so far uh, they he gave up what the the 64 yard touchdown to Tavon Austin last week uh, the Dak Prescott targeted him seven times all seven were completed in Jenoris Jenkins coverage so you know it's definitely still on for deandre hopkins but will fuller jumps right back in 82 percent of the snaps go look at his five career games played with will fuller i mean with with deshaun watson it is just outrageous you know he's got got him for you you want him he's yes of course of course you've got
1: him sure
2: (laughs) 21 catches 392 yards and eight touchdowns I just imagine if he was with Patrick Mahomes, yeah, which is just
3: right. friggin' ridiculous. Yeah. And in
2: the last two times he's played, he's gone over a hundred yards on a high amount of receptions, five and eight. You know, you had the, it wasn't last week wasn't just the eighty-yard touchdown; it was an eight for one thirteen. You know, fed yeah. targets type of game, and Nine I think that's targets, what something, right. yeah something you'll see here again.
3: Yeah, yeah, so he's a really exciting play this week. I mean. You know, he's he, he like checks every freaking box as a as a DFS play. Um, but, you know, it's like a DFS tournament play. And really, so does Deshaun Watson. I mean, Deshaun Watson. So the, the Texans open the season uh, playing back to back road games. OK, they cannot protect the passer at all on the road. Um, they probably can't just protect the passer at all period because they have the worst offensive line in the league. Deshaun Watson is a playmaker quarterback. He holds onto the football, you know, uh, but they are now at least going back home where offensive lines do have a little bit of an advantage and they're facing a giant's defense that ranks last in the NFL in sacks and quarterback hits. Uh, and it does not look like Olivier Vernon, their best pass rusher, is going to be back this week. And even if he is, like he's coming off a high ankle sprain, he may he may do nothing. So I think that Deshaun Watson, uh, mm-hmm. after you know showing some promise last week, it was the quarterback ten, um, and now you know getting a, a full 100% Will Fuller um, in a really good matchup where he should have more time. Uh, and um, the the two quarterbacks so far to have faced the Giants. Uh, Blake Bortles and Dak Prescott, they both have had productive rushing days, uh, which uh, projects well for Deshaun Watson. So I think that, you know, this is is a game where it could be like a, a sort of a Texans onslaught opportunity um, and, and the Texans defense is obviously squarely and every, everyone's going to play the Vikings you know for good reason but uh, the, the Texans defense is awesome play as well JJ Watt going up against Eric Flowers might be the the biggest miss the you know biggest one-on-one mismatch uh, that takes pl- place in the trenches all year long
1: yeah I mean I do think it's going to be a Texans onslaught Houston only six-point favorite doesn't make a lot of sense to me but that's what we're looking at so we like Deshaun Watson. I'm with you there. I think it makes a lot of sense. Rich, who are some of the other quarterbacks you're looking at this week?
2: That's it. I think they we pretty much covered all the guys. Watson and, and Ryan are the only like guys that I, we're look, I'm really looking at outside of the big three. Um, you know, I'll, I'll probably mix in some Ben, and you know, maybe that some of that Monday night action on the Thursday through Monday, just because that game total is so ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, those are the guys. Man, that's the quadrant of guys we're looking at here.
1: What if, what if Leonard Fournette is out? Do we go to a little a little Blake show?
2: Yeah, if Fournette. I mean, it looks like he's probably going to play, but I mean, you look at the, his splits with, with and without Fournette. I mean, they're they're pretty strong. It'd be nice if they would just play that way. Like, why not just have that game plan with Fournette? Why? Like, what is what, they, what the hell? Like, what, what the hell kind of coaching is this? So Fournette's out. So we're going to run this this like do that with Fournette. It's going to make Fournette better if you play that way. It just, I, I mean, that stuff drives me crazy, uh, you know, especially, you know, hey, the only two times that they've ever played Corey Grant is the Patriots, and maybe this guy's pretty good, they should use him, you know, uh, <laughs> and, you know, he can't he can't find his way on the field any other week, you know, but this guy's explosive, I mean, it just drives me crazy that that's the game, like, because it was a great game plan last week against the Patriots, um, and that's how they should play with Fournette, it'll only make everyone
1: better. Yeah, just imagine how it would open things up for Leonard Fournette, who has to see eight in the box all the time, if they would run that kind of offense. seven.
3: Yeah, it would be fun. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. It does look like Leonard Fournette is going to be back uh, okay. this week, and you know they'll probably go back to the the ball control style. I mean, at the end of the day, they just don't trust their quarterback. You know, and they have had the benefit of, you know, there, there has been four games where Leonard Fournette. Uh, has been out during his career. They've averaged almost 32 points per game. They have faced some real weak-ass defenses, though. I mean, they faced friggin' Indianapolis last year, Houston when they had lost all their dudes, Um, you know, last week faced um, New England, who they they haven't been looking too hot on defense, and they lost two key players and Trey Flowers and Pat Chung during the game. Uh, And then I can't remember who the the other team that they faced last year without Fournette, but it was another weak-ass defense, so... Um, you know, they, they have had that benefit for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I wish that they would be uh, more of like a spread it out team. they I like their receiver core. I mean, I think that their receiver core is yeah. super underrated. I thought it was super underrated coming into the season. Everyone was like laughing at it. But these dudes can play freaking D.D. Westbrook, like almost won the Heisman. Uh, Keelan Cole was what you know he led the NFL in receiving yards over the last five weeks of last season Austin Severian Jenkins is a good you know red zone target as is Dante Moncrief uh, you know at least in theory DJ Shark could take the top off you know so they have like legit talent at receiver
1: yeah it's just uh, come on Jaguars do something Gus Bradley give us a call we'll hook you up all right let's move on to some running backs because a lot of running back value out there Maybe. We're not really sure what's going to happen That David Johnson, he's a little cheap. Latavius Murray, if Dalvin Cook is out. Um, We've got Jordan Howard in a really good spot. Corey Clement had a big game last week at like 1% ownership, which I just don't understand because he was such a good player with the J.A. out. Um, Evan, I'll just start with you. Who are some of the other running backs outside of those top four games that you're looking at?
3: Yeah, you just mentioned Corey Clement, and he could become pretty interesting uh, at home. Uh, against the Colts who actually the Colts played really well on defense last week. You know, it makes you question everything because they didn't look particularly good in the, in the, in the first game on defense against Cincinnati. Uh, They weren't terrible, but you know, they were getting eaten up by Joe Mixon on screen passes. Um, And it was kind of like, all right, well, this is what we expected. And that, and then they go to Washington and they were outstanding. I mean, Redskins, you know, they have a really good offensive line, and they kind of got dominated by, like, Marcus Hunt and those guys up front. Darius Leonard, their rookie, the second-round pick, uh, he was incredible. He won, like, friggin' rookie of the week or something. Um, and they have some decent players. Tackles. Yeah, that's absurd. Um, <laughs> and they have some decent players in the secondary, not at perimeter cornerback. Um, and I guess they're, they're going to push Aguilar out there, This week, but you know, it doesn't look like Ajayi's gonna play. And if Sproles is out too, that leaves us with Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood, and uh, Josh Adams, who they just signed off their practice squad. Um, Wendell Smallwood lost a fumble last week, was awful. He stinks. I mean, he's terrible. Josh Adams, you know, again, just came off the practice squad, he was okay in the preseason. But you know, when Ajayi went out, he was pretty much the Corey Clement show. And he played, he played really well. He's got good versatility. Um, You know, he can definitely play in the passing game and he's a guy that, you know, they should trust next to uh, Carson Wentz coming back from this knee injury. Uh, So Corey Clement, I think becomes very, very interesting immediately if we get Ajayi and Sproles both inactive.
1: Yeah, I think absolutely. That's a really good value guy. I think Lamar Miller's a really interesting value guy too at home against the Giants. Yeah, I know it's not a good offensive line, but The Giants, I mean, especially without Olivia Vernon, like he's their only really good run stopper. Like why wouldn't you just play a lot of Lamar Miller at 5K? Reeves, who are some of your running backs you're interested in?
2: Yeah, Corey Clement down. Latavius obviously could open up. He could just be a fine tournament play anyways. I mean, six of the ten touchdowns, the Bills have a lot have gone to running backs the year before, the year prior. They allowed the highest rate of touchdown. They allowed the most touchdowns to running backs the last year too. So, I mean, there's a lot of touchdown potential for Latavius Murray. Uh, especially now cooked not even practice today so you got to wonder as if, if, as it mounts as the week goes on if he if they just just pull the plug on that anyways and let just latavius have a week um and then gl man gl's out here you know floating around you know he uh, any, in the games that Mixon missed last year outright or played, you know, the game he got the concussion or just came back and played like seven snaps. I mean, those four weeks, he averaged 19.8 touches per game, 109 yards from scrimmage was a RB, you know, two locked in or higher, all four of those games. Uh, he's, he's, he has priced in at spike, even though Mixon got hurt early, early in the week. And we knew GL was going to basically be the workload. They just cut the backup Trey Carson today, which was really weird. Cause he looked like he was next in line. He was the third he guy. He got injured. Oh, he got injured.
3: Yeah, and he I, just released I, him. I was a little concerned that he might like be a short yardage goal line vulture because that's the kind of dude that he is. So that that's comforting. Yeah. And then they had to sign Thomas Rawls off the street. The other yeah. back that they have, Mark Walton, he was barely terrible. made the fifty three. I mean, he, he was barely awful. made the fifty three, and, and he was you know in, in weeks one and two he was he was a healthy scratch. So I I think it's going to be a ton of geo uh, against Carolina. Yeah. And Carolina has been bad against the run so far, missing Thomas yep. Davis. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
1: then, Gio's the chalky guy. Five point, I was just going to say it. 5.9 <laughs> gate, he's going to be chalk, but it's good chalk. Like, I don't think it's really chalk.
2: Can you get start... scripted
1: out? No, yeah, exactly. Like, if they're losing, he's going to see in, in the passing game. I mean, and I don't expect, like, Mark Walton, I just don't believe that's a real name. That's definitely a made-up Madden name. There's no <laughs> way that's a real person. Um, yeah, I think Gio is, he's good chalk this week. I just don't really see a reason to fade him. Evan, did you have any other guys for us at running back?
3: uh dalvin cook against the bills at home 15. 17 point favorite yeah is was he posts. uh did he practice today I, I, I should they, he did not practice no oh interesting okay yeah latavius baby come on
0: <laughs> yeah
1: come on <laughs> yeah no it's a, and that's the thing like it's this is a week where there's going to be a lot of value to go around which i think is one of the reasons you're going to see a lot of people Paying up a quarterback. There's a what lot What is
3: Latavius priced at? Sorry.
1: He's, uh, I think, 52. Yeah, I mean, I almost don't care what he's priced at because he's, <laughs> he's 58 over on DK, but I find it really tough to imagine a world where he's priced too much to be a 16 you know, and a half point favorite home favorite against the Bills when they're back, when they're, you know, if Cook is out, is CJ Ham actually the backup running back there in Minnesota? is they, Am I seeing the step chart right?
3: He's like a fullback.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. The, like, what, what are they going to do? Like, is Des going to come play running the back? They have the Vikings?
3: Mike Boone, baby. Mike Boone and uh, yeah. Rock Thomas. Mike, Mike Boone and Rock Thomas.
1: Oh, preseason all-stars. Oh, Evan's yeah. really getting excited about this Minnesota <laughs> running back situation now. <laughs> no, but let's hey,
3: I mean, well, so I thought that Dalvin Cook, he said that he was cramping. He called it cramping. But, but it, I mean, maybe he does have a legit hamstring. They really don't have any reason to play him. He's coming off a torn ACL. This is an easy win. Oh, Latavius on 20 carries at home.
1: They're
2: at oh, home. God. It's,
3: God, I mean, dude.
1: yeah, I mean, it's, you know, again, we talk about floors and upside, and he's got both of them. I just don't see a reason to get cute with Latavius. And of course, I'll tell you what, if there's a lot of running back value out there, It might mean that there's one guy who's probably my favorite running back on the whole slate is going to go under-owned because if people are paying up, they're going to go to the Saints game. They're going to play Alvin Kamara at 9.6K. Meanwhile, Todd Gurley has a matchup against the Chargers. He gives up a ton of big runs. He's a seven-point favorite at home. He's 9.6K, and we might see him under 10% owned. Reeves, Are people going to be sleeping on Todd Gurley this week? I was last week, you
2: know, I went back and forth kind of as I was setting my lineup and I just had that extra hundred dollars to get Kamara. And was like just just like, screw it. And I was gonna play a bunch of Kamara and went like under what I originally was gonna go on Gurley and it was of course a destruction. You know, Gurley just smoked him and then Zerline got hurt and they're going for two every after all his touchdowns and I'm just like, oh my god, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> There's so much Gurley left on the table here. I just was so I was so far under what I should have been, especially against the Cardinals who have just gotten destroyed now the first two games. By Adrian Peterson, and you know they didn't, they didn't like Gurley didn't run all over them, but obviously the scoring opportunities are always going to be there for them. The Rams again, I mean, once they're just way ahead of the curve. Uh, Almost half their drives have gone inside the opponent's ten yard line. The rest of the league is at like fourteen percent. It's just unreal, like how far ahead of the curve they are offensively. Uh, They've incorporated Brandon Cooks seamlessly into that offense, and you know you look at how they look at what how they use Cooks both weeks. It was completely different. You know, last week they said. All right, you're, you've got Patrick Pierce. Peterson. And Patrick Pierce has never shadowed Brandon Cooks, and he's not shadowing guys this year. He's mostly playing aside, but they moved him in the slot for like thirty percent of his routes last week. And we're like, we're just going to run you on the worst player because that's what McFay does. He's a really smart coach. Who knew? Uh, you know, and, and Cooks just—I mean, it's one of those things. We never—I don't think anyone really thought Cooks was going to be Watkins because Cooks has proven to be a better player than Watkins throughout his career. And Cooks was a a hyper, you know, elite prospect as well. You know, people kind of forget that how good Cooks was at Oregon State and how good of a prospect he was and how he was used there. Um, And he's just just gone off, you know, the the first two games. It's going to be a big year for those guys. And Robert Woods is really cheap this week too, especially on DK. He feels really underpriced on DK. He leads the, the Rams actually in air yards. And if you watch both of the games, both of the Rams games, he should have like three touchdowns already uh he's he's had like golf has missed him on a couple man where it was just like those were layups you got to hit those uh he's been the guy on the short straw but his he's really he's he's really I think he's like 41 on
3: dk uh definitely wants some of that can we just talk for a second about the clinic and bad coaching that the cardinals have put on
1: yeah i mean it's on sure. yes, it's on
3: everyone knows about david johnson right but they also come in and they turn Patrick Peterson into a one-side zone corner. <laughs> like, what are you doing, guys? like they, they think that they're like smarter than the game or something. Because like, that's
2: how you use Norman, right?
3: Right, right. But, so but is... Patrick Peterson's way better than Josh. Norman. Oh, like yeah, so,
2: like <laughs> he's like a
3: classic, you know, ideal man-to-man. Yep. Press man corner, and you turn him into a friggin' zone corner on one side of the field. And, of course, you're just getting murked on the other side, you know, the entire friggin' time. Like, everyone is going to target J- Jamar Taylor, you know, every single down. And, um, I mean, what, what an embarrassment. Like, it, it, these are obvious things to, to us. You know, this is – these are, it's just like being rational. Like we're going to get the ball to David Johnson in space. We're not going to use him as a ground and pound back. And we're going to stick Patrick Peterson on your best receiver. And you can try to beat us with someone else, but they resist that because I, I just, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. Hey, I'm they not sure
1: you've heard, but they have to figure it every out.
3: Game. They deserve to lose every game this year. Well, they've, they had, the they've had, had catch-
2: five drives. They've had five drive drives across midfield so far this year. <laughs>
3: I'm surprised it's even that many. <laughs> so he Everything scored six points,
2: change, which is the fewest to start a year since 2006.
1: Everything's going to change, guys. They decided that David Johnson needs to get the ball in space. Didn't he hear the coaching staff? They decided, hey, David Johnson's good at football. We're gonna. I mean, it's only
2: it's only been two games, but I will tell you, there are a lot. Of, there's a ton of peripheral symmetry to what David Johnson has started this year and what 2016 Todd Gurley was.
1: Get out of here with that. Oh man, oh man. I see. And here's the thing, though, we're on running backs. I kind of want to play David Johnson this week. No, you I don't. Get... I <laughs> he's better yeah. than seven point eight K. He's a better player than that. I understand if he gets Evans just looking at me like this whole nope. Nope. Look. I mean it's I golly. I mean, how cheap would they have to make him then, Reeves, for you to play him?
2: cheaper than seven eight for sure uh especially with all this running back all this running back nah, that's just value all over the board it's it would be tough i mean i'm not gonna go against anyone's GPP dart like I, i'm just not there's no like why shade someone's tournament play look at what it wins every week uh but it's i'm not I, <laughs> I i mean it's just it's just blind swinging man like what what kind of confidence level has anything provided you that's happened this far that it, and, and he's hurt he's hurt and he's, he's got an injured back
3: And and you know what it's going to be like? It's going to be like Todd Gurley in 2016. I just it? said that. Oh, oh, did you mind, Evan?
1: I swear, Evan's <laughs> not even <laughs> listening to this show. Hey, what about Dalvin Cook? Right 10 we just got t- talking about Latavius, and now Evan's like, I
0: see
3: you. no, but it, I but know it really is like up. his price is going to keep going down, and at some point we're going to like start trying to talk ourselves into it, you know, like oh, this is the week, this is the week, this is the week, you know. And we did that, you know, multiple times with Todd Gurley that year, and I think it worked like
1: one time. <laughs> yeah That's a, sure. hey you only need it to work once buddy yeah. you only need it to work once all right let's talk about some wide receivers in this late because obviously we, we like the passing games and those two big games we talked about earlier in the show but look obviously there are going to be other touchdowns scored this week one of the places I'm looking for receivers is in Green Bay they have a really good matchup Aaron Rodgers obviously the quarterback there they are against Washington Road Favorites. Devontae Adams seems like a good spot for him. I'm always willing to play Randall Codd, Geronimo Allison. Reeves, any interest in this Green Bay passing attack for you?
2: Yeah, sure, always, every week. I mean, uh, you know, Devontae Adams, I mean, Devontae Adams had 12 targets on Xavier Rhodes last week. You know, had a kind of a touchy pass interference, like 25-yard gain, come back to score a touchdown. He's now has a touchdown in four straight games dating back to last year uh geronimo allison's been kind of quiet you know i've been bringing him up you know every week for people his ownership in like regular redraft is like far too low you know six catches each game to open the year he's kind of like a real solid glue guy and when you look at all going back to all the games that either Cobb or jordy missed over this like, family anytime he's played he's been good i mean that might be a byproduct to rogers or whatever you're getting a cheap attachment to rogers so i mean yeah and he's he's nice and cheap you know on both sides, even if you want to take a swing I like him. The thing is that Rodgers is still hurt. Washington's pass defense is actually pretty solid. It's pretty decent. But I mean yeah, I'm not all those guys are always in play. Um most of the guys we touched on, I still kinda like Aguilar to get like a high volume of targets. That team is nothing. I mean they they Wentz is walking into just like he's like a completely different team than what he what he left with last year. You know, if Ajayi doesn't play, you know they, they don't have Alshon yet. Like Wallace just got hurt. It's just Ertz and Aguilar. like and then Corey Clement. That's it. Like it's going to be a real siphoned target, touch or t- targets and touches for Philadelphia more than we we've been used to. You know, with them they were a team last year that kind of spread it around a little bit from the passing touchdown sense. Um, some other guys, I think, just their values. We touched on like all the, the Lions guys. I think are pretty good values. Hogan's a good value. If you want to get cute, there's a, like some really cheap target target for dollar guys on DK. I don't like Demarius Thomas, but he's the wide receiver forty. He's got ten and eleven targets. Uh, don't like him. And then Thursday through uh, Monday, the uh, dude, the Steelers guys are gonna smash again. Like absolutely destroy. Uh, you know, we Demarius talked about eight, is awful. Man. He's he's not good. Uh, he's ab the la- so ab did, did did this last year and ab maybe is hurt but you know he kind of like raised a stink last year when they played Baltimore and the next week he came and had ten for one fifty seven on the Jaguars. Uh, you know the the Bucks defense is just horrendous. They've allowed seventy eight percent of targets completed to wide receivers so far through two games. It's the highest in the league. No one's targeted their receivers more so far than Pittsburgh to start the year. Juju is still un- way underpriced for where he can go. He's got 300-yard games dating back to last year. Uh, you know, he, he has the red zone upside. I mean, those guys – I mean, I, I want to play Thursday through Monday because I feel like A.B. will be underowned and, and Juju will be underowned And those guys are really in, in smash spots. And a lot of people don't want to play the Steelers because they're on the road. But, again, Steelers are good on the road when it's not at 1 o'clock. And they smash on primetime. The Steelers have won 10 straight primetime games. Ben's going to QB1 on the road in five of those games. All five, he's been a QB1. Uh, the, the Steelers' offense is going to be forced to score. They're like the Chiefs. They're, they're close to being the Chiefs. Like, they're really close. Yeah. Uh, that, you go back to last year since they lost Ryan Shazier, like, that team hasn't been able to defend anyone.
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you what, you talk about, like, primetime Ben. I always joke about guys in the NBA being national TV guys. Like, Ben is 100% a national TV guy. Like, every time he's on, you know, Sunday night or Monday night or Thursday night football, he just tries to go off. Evan, any other wide receivers we need to touch on? Yeah, definitely uh,
3: both Vikings receivers. I mean, they should just be able to just – Drop bombs on on this defense. I mean the so the Bills open the season. Tradavius White is a, is a good cornerback at at left cornerback, but their their other three cornerbacks, uh the they started with uh, Teron Johnson, like a day three rookie out of a small school, was their slot corner. He gets injured. Okay, so they move in Philly Gaines, you know, who's been just making mm-hmm. people money for years. They move Philly Gaines into the slot. He dislocates his elbow. Okay. And he, he's, they're going to try to play him this week. Um, Vontae Davis, they moved him in at right cornerback. He retires at halftime of the game. Okay, so they, <laughs> they suffered injuries or retirements to three of the top four cornerbacks since the beginning of the year. Thielen uh, and, you know, and I'm guilty of this, you know, for sure. But Thielen and Diggs, I think, always go a little under-owned just because it's like, who am I going to pick? You know, who am I going to pick? And I d- I definitely same, make the same mistake. It's Ben Thielen in uh, in air yards, and he's got six more targets, um, and I, he has the better matchup this week. Um, I, they're both awesome plays, you know. They're they're both awesome, but I think that the the, the better play this week is Thielen. Uh, and then we mentioned uh, Will Fuller, and then Manny Sanders uh, against the Ravens. Um, The Ravens slot corner, Tavon Young, coming back from a torn ACL, has really, really struggled. I gave up two of AJ Green's touchdowns last week. Uh, And Manny Sanders has just been, I mean, you know, you want to talk about a guy, you know, he hasn't gotten the volume that Michael Thomas has, uh, but he's catching his targets at the exact same rate. Michael Thomas has caught 14 of his 50, or 28 of his 30, uh, and Manny Sanders has caught 14 of his 15. So um I mean they, they need to get the ball to Manny Sanders this yeah, He didn't week.
2: even target in the first half last week. Though. I know. That what was, the heck?
3: You get four targets in the, in the entire game. He had nothing in the first half. You got to get
2: Demarius these targets. Those eighteen yards. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, guys, it's been a fun show. We got to get out of here though. We got to get to <laughs> the Grand Home. We got to give the people what they want. They want to go to sleep because it's already 11 p.m. over on the East Coast. So it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I, I love this show. This show is so fun. Great way to kick off the NFL week for me. We got to get out of here. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching the DFS Pick Six. Roto-World's DFS pick six, presented by Roto-Grinders. For Rich Rebar, for Evan Silver, for half of Ante Davis, I'm Eric Crane. We'll see you guys later. Peace.